in the dumpster. Today we have Matt Lane from House of Gains. Uh, we're going to talk to him today about some entrepreneurship in his business. So, Slim, you want to start off having questions? Oh uh, yeah, man. Um, what? How did you get started on your fitness journey? So, um, I. How family friendly is this? Right? <laughs> Sorry, I like to. Well, we added a lot. Yeah, we can add it out. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, so, I had. I grew up in kind of a chaotic household, and I always took to, like, sports. Okay. I was never good at them, though. So, like, I was not – I, like, I, I played soccer when I was a kid. Um, I can't run and look up at the same time. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like I was good at any particular sport. Um, but when I was a, in elementary school, my family went through some chaotic stuff, and I kept getting into fights in school, and um, they put me in wrestling. So then I got into, I loved wrestling. I always have. I think it's a great sport, um, especially like I always wanted to play hockey, but we didn't have money for that. Um, wrestling, you literally just need shoes. Like You right. just need shoes and like the headgear is usually provided for you by the school. Um, so it was a very good way for me to get in there, get all that aggression out. Um, and then as I got older, uh, I got into, um, I, I kind of floated in between sports. I tried to play football not tall can't run can't remember stuff you know what i mean like i'm not that smart so like football was never really a skill for me i was also really short in high school and i was thin i think i weighed like because it was wrestling during the during the winter so i was always like on the lighter side i don't think i broke 140 until my senior year of high school so like i was always pretty like frail um but i did always love uh i was never really good at wrestling either but I really liked the weight portion, like the first time we went into there. Um, so then when I got out of uh, high school, I got into a, a decent amount of trouble and um, sort of floated around a little bit between here and North Carolina and Maryland. And uh, when I came back to the area, I got really into, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to clean up my act. Uh, got really into going to the gym and started doing personal training. Um, and it was just something that I did because the fitness like just working out in general has always appealed to me mm -hmm. so like it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to get into the fitness industry it was that I really enjoyed working out um, and lifting weights uh, particularly I don't really care for like again like football and going outside and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. um, the gym culture like just the uh, uh, most like guys who wrestled and throughout their, their high school and elementary school careers when you go into a gym and you smell that like <laughs> wrestling rooms have a particular smell it's just something that like triggered in my brain I was like like I love the smell of like a dirty gym for some odd reason I don't know why I like that smell but it always like everybody has their own thing that like appeals to them um so I got into that and uh and I figured I, I started I did bartending Worked in a cookie factory. I, work, I did work at Penn Waste actually for a little while, sorting oh, these, no. sorting these <laughs> cans. Um, and uh, I think I was getting paid like eight dollars an hour, working oh, wow. third shift, sorting them through. Um, so I mean, I worked jobs like, dude, that was the, that's probably the worst job I've ever had, easily, because uh, you're like up in a building, up probably a hundred feet in the air, and you're yeah. just sorting through recyclables. And, like, dude, there'd be dead cats. There'd be all kinds of stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah. This can smell a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and most of what you're... Like, we were on the other end right as soon as it came out of the dryer. 
So mm. it went through, went through a magnet, went through this big like drying machine. So then all that all the hot trash was coming mm. out, and then you mm. have to stand there and like pick through the cans. Oh, um, wow. So I was I uh, I wanted to figure out how to. That was that old quote, figure out what you love and then figure out how to get paid for it. Yeah. And that's kind of yeah. how I got into this. Like, I don't really, uh, <clears throat> like a lot of people have different um, things that they really, some guys like building shit. Mm-hmm. Some guys like, you know what I mean, their day off work, they're building a deck out back of their house. So they're good contractors. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't like going outside all that much. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know how to build anything. Like, I can fig- I could figure it out if you put a gun to my head, but like. I don't, like, wake up every morning like, damn, I'd really like to go to the garage and, like, saw wood or whatever. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like I really want to go to the gym all the time. So I was just like, all right, well, how do I get paid for that? And it started out in personal training, and then it, um, we could probably get into, like, how it sort of progressed from there then. Yeah. yeah. I know. I did wrestling also. I wish I would have started earlier because I just, like, like you said, it's like you really, like, fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. I did. I was 152 for junior and senior year. Yeah. So, I was def- yeah not like a not a bigger guy, but I definitely liked it a lot. Well, you don't have to be. Big. That's the cool yeah. thing about wrestling is it's weight classes, yeah. and you don't have to be big. I don't even think you really have to be good at it. That's a big misconception. With this area is very wrestling heavy, yeah. and uh, people like get really competitive with their kids. And I tell people, especially young boys, when it comes to an anxious young man. Like somebody, you take a 10 year old, 13, 14 year old boy, and we're all guys here. We know that, like, mm. like they're, we're rambunctious. Like, mm. we need, we have energy and we need to get outside and sitting under fluorescent lighting all day long. You know, all that, it just gets to them. And for me, I was a terrible student. Like, and I, they put me in wrestling and I was like, oh my God, like, I can just like roll around and push people <laughs> and like put them in headlocks and like dump them on their necks. Like, I could just like, Literally, you have to work. You just fight for an hour. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. run. And you learn drills and discipline. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, And then you get beat up, too. And I think the most important part about wrestling uh, that I learned was learning how to lose. Mm-hmm. It was hands down the most important oh, yeah. lesson because you get your ass kicked, especially in, if you live in Pennsylvania, Virginia, New Jersey, New York, and Ohio, like any of the big northeast states mm-hmm. when it comes to wrestling, dude. You learn to lose because if you're not really good, there's these dudes that they grow up on – in cornfields <laughs> fucking you walk up and they just have no neck and they're just like ripping you up i mean that one kid what's his name he's from dover um oh my god what's his name he was like number one in the uh the country there for a little while in his weight class high school uh, yeah and then he went into college i think he went to penn state didn't he yeah and he wrestled for penn state and he got he got into a bunch of trouble i think he had like a I think he got, like, drunk and fought a cop or something like that. Wow. I believe that he is a, a, and a coach up there at Penn State or something like that. Yeah. I'm not gonna I know, I know Bo Nickel, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Bo Nickel, yeah. I don't know the other ones. That I'm going to think about it in, like, an hour. <laughs> I remember, so, like, there used to be so many, we'd wrestle, like, Northern Lebanon or, like, Anvil Cleona or, like, just these random schools around. I went to Lancaster Catholic, mm-hmm. and my coach, like, he was big into wrestling his whole life. Yeah. He did it his whole life, and... I would, cut, I would like, go out there, just, like, he would, like, go out there, just do what you know how to do, like, my first year or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would go out there, try, I would, like, try my best, get my ass kicked, and then he'd be, like, that guy's going to, that guy's going to this school. He didn't tell me before the match yeah. or whatever. Yep. When he comes, when I come off, he'd be, like, yeah, this guy's going to, like, whatever school. Yeah. I, doing it. Yeah. I remember I was at a tournament the one time, and my coach bumped me up a weight class, and I was, like, 
why are you doing that? And he's like, oh, no, no big deal. You'll be fine. I went out there, and this dude just slaughtered me. I think I was done in, like, 40 seconds. Like, it was just, there was no chance. And I walked back, and he was like, yeah, I had to bump you so I could bump another guy up. Like, because I basically, I knew you weren't going to beat him. Like, so I just sent you into the buzzsaw. And he was like, sorry about that. And I was just like, he's like, that kid's, like, number one or whatever it was. And that way, our other uh, wrestler could go up a different weight class, and he could go against somebody he had a chance of beating. Makes but sense. I couldn't jump 10 pounds to go wrestle this guy. He was like, so... Unfortunately, we had to. You're the sacrificial lamb today, yeah. and I was like, "All right, bro. Like, I guess yeah, that's what I." That stuff. But it's a team sport. It's an individual yeah. sport, but it's a team sport too, where you learn. You know what I mean? Like, all right, well, I guess I'm gonna get my ass kicked today, and I'm gonna yeah. try not to, but it's about to happen. Like, <laughs> and yeah. the worst part is getting, like, getting folded up like a pretzel in front of like your friends. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. That's the worst because you're like all bent up, your legs up by your arm, and you're just like, uh, and you hear like. <laughs> The ref hit the thing and then blow the whistle and you're like, everybody just saw me like with my I hate it when I wrestled like like taller guys with like long legs and they would mm-hmm. like wrap your legs up and like yeah. pull, like squeeze you. It, oh, that was the worst. Yeah, because you can't shoot in on them either because they got them long arms where they can just push you back and sprawl. But no, I definitely I miss it. Mm-hmm. So how like um, getting into House of Games, you guys do supplements and stuff. Yeah. What's like when you got into your journey of Going to the gym, working out and stuff, fitness journey. How far along in did you realize, like, you wanted to start using, like, maybe pre-workout or whatever, whatever kind of is? What do you think helped you the most? So, I didn't really, um, I think the first pre-workout I ever took was NO Explode. Um, I, I used to buy everything from, like, Vitamin Shop. Um, and I wasn't until I got into, I didn't really know much about supplements. And this is something that I've gone around to different high schools, uh, middle schools, and talk to kids and parents. It's actually a big avenue that I'm going to be shifting into here soon is going out and doing free talks for athletes, like going to sports teams and stuff and just being like, I will come in, I'll speak to the parents, I'll speak to the, the trainers, all of that. I'm, this is a free open seminar um, to talk to kids about, uh, like, because the average coach, your coach in wrestling, was probably really good at wrestling. He probably knew everything there is about wrestling. But I've met guys like that that know nothing about nutrition. They know nothing about supplements. And they don't know any of how to implement them, what the legalities are around them, what they, what the actual ingredient profiles do, like what's the point of this. Um, I remember my mom's ex-boyfriend gave me creatine when I was in like, probably like 10th grade or something like that. And I was just like, I don't know what this is, but I, he just gave it to me, so I took it. You know what I mean? I was yeah. whatever. Um, but uh, I, like, how did I get started into, like, taking supplements and then... Yeah, kind of how, like how, did, how to change it for... How to change, like, um, I guess your view on working out, what it did for you. So I got into competitive powerlifting, um, and, you know, you're always looking for the edge. Uh, so I started just trying different powders and stuff like that. I guess I got caught into the algorithm, and, like, yeah. I'm starting to look stuff up, and now more stuff's getting kicked my way, and then... I just took to it like uh, I've always um, like like how I feel about like weightlifting and stuff is also how I felt about like math and science. Like I enjoy mm-hmm. reading. I enjoy like like reading like scientific studies, and I like the math portion of all this stuff. So I kind of just started reading into it, and then 
taking them, experimenting with different stuff, like, oh, this worked, this didn't, this, and uh, trying a bunch of different stuff out, because um, I was always just looking for what's going to make me, what's going to make me bigger, what's going to make me stronger, mm-hmm. and what's going to make me look better. Yeah. And, like, I was like, whatever avenue I got to take to do that is, <laughs> is what I'm going to do. Um, and uh, it just sort of progressed from there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because, like, <clears throat> I was telling him about your Chase the Pump line you just came mm-hmm. out with. And it, I love it because I don't know if you did this on purpose, probably because you're way smarter than me. But there's companies out there that you have to stack three different things, and oh, you yeah. have that all in one formula. Yep. We wanted it to be uh, like a very complete formula. Um, we wanted it to be uh, stackable in a sense too. Like the stem and the pump um, have the same ingredient profiles. So if you wanted to have a huge pump but no stem you could just take the non-stem but if you wanted to take the uh get the full pump but cut the stem in half you just half scoop each container and then the ingredients work synergistically so it was really uh i i came up with it with the customer in mind it wasn't necessarily because there's when you now this this is where things start to get mathy and like they get too into like the science side so how do you have an effective formula because there's different um avenues of like if you're creating a formula, there's multiple different types of formulas you'll create depending on which channel you're going to sell it on. So if it's a multi-level marketing product, if you ever look at like the MLMs, the formulas are very like very shit. We'll just put it like that. Yeah. Like they're not good. Um, they're very cut down. Um, and the point of that is because they have so many layers of commission that they have to pay people. If you're a direct consumer company, um, you have like your gorilla mind. You know what I mean? So fully loaded formulas because the margins are really low. You know what I mean? When you have a product that is selling for $50, but it costs 27 to make, you can't sell it to a store to resell because they're not going to make any money off of it, so they're not going to carry it. Um, and then you have companies that focus on, uh, you know what I mean, just real basic. Uh, Bucked Up's one of them. Really basic formula, tastes really good, moderately priced. So their whole point is just get it out there as, as, met, as, as fast as possible. Um, with with Chase the Pump, I was like, let's kind of combine uh, those like thought processes into a well, a good tasting, well-rounded formula that I could carry at a retail store, and that's kind of what we did with it. It was like very customer focused. The margins are uh, significantly less than you would like uh, like a Stim Bomb pre-workout that's just basically like caffeine and some beta alanine, maybe a little bit of citrulline or something like that. Yeah. Um, this one, I wanted it to be loaded uh, with the customer and the retailer in mind. Man. So I make less off of it, but I figure if we if we do it in volume, oh, yeah. if it starts to pick up, then I'll make my money back in a year, in two or three years. I do have another question. You hit on being creative when COVID came around. Mm-hmm. You think you think uh, that has really exploded your business? Like, because I know that you kind of like push things through COVID. Because we've mm-hmm. known each other for a couple yeah. of years now. Yeah. Um, do you think COVID actually could have helped you in your business? Oh, yeah. Dude, like, through and through, COVID um, was beneficial for us. Um, I didn't uh, really benefit from any, like, the PPP money. We did get, like, a super small amount. It was, it was barely enough to, like, cover anything because we had just opened the store. And prior to that, I didn't have any employees. And PPP was based off of how many employees you had and how much payroll you had going on. And I hadn't had payroll for very long. Um but so I'll, I'll let's I'll get to that by saying this. 
So I started House of Gains in an effort to um, figure out how to make money uh, and provide a service and bring the culture to the area. Um, because I was sending customers to like GNC and stuff like that and they weren't like, I wasn't getting paid off that. Not so I was sending my, my client to, you know what I mean, a store to buy stuff. Uh, yeah. And then uh, it, they would come back with something else. And I was like, well, I'm not even making any money off this. This is stupid. Why am I, why am I making a sale for another company? Uh, mm-hmm. So that's when we started my thing. And uh, it, uh, getting into it is because like that, I was, I've always tried to figure out how I could, you know what I mean, hustle my way to the top. Because I don't have rich parents. I don't have uh, investor backer money or anything like that. I'm not, um, when it comes to creativity, and that's why I prefaced with that, um, I'm creative, but, like, I don't know how to run Facebook ads. Bro, I don't know how, I don't know an art director. You know what I mean? I don't know, like, uh, how to design labels. Like, I don't know how to make shit. Like, I don't know any of this stuff. But what I do have uh, is, like, a work ethic that was uh, driven to me by my grandpa to always work because they're German we're German immigrants like my, I'm first generation American so like it was always drilled into me to work to work hard uh, no matter what you should always have a job unemployment doesn't exist that's mm-hmm. it's a ridiculous like thought process to like not have a job like he, he, was, he always told me this is a little bit of a rant but like he always told me like McDonald's is always hiring he's like there's no reason for you to never have a job mm-hmm. and there's no reason for you to ever depend on anybody else other than yourself to get up every morning and go to work because it's, it's, he's like, what you get, if you lose your job, you go get a job that doesn't pay as much, but you work there until you find another job and then you get a better paying job and then you get a better paying job, but you don't leave that other job until you have a better paying or better opportunity in the, in, in front of you. So anyway, so I, uh, I got into when my gym got bought out by another company that I was working out of, we decided to open the store. And that was July. We just we opened the York location July of 2019, mm-hmm. so it's eight months before COVID hit. And I have no retail experience. I've never worked in a retail store in my life. I've worked at I did maintenance for my high school, like doing like uh, mulching and filters and stuff like that, light bulb changing. Um, worked in a cookie factory, uh, pen waste, uh, bartending, waiting tables, stuff like that, catering. Um, Mostly like customer service jobs, but like not. That's never in retail. Really. No, I have no idea how a retail store works because there's whole science behind like how retail stores are set up. So what I did is I found a computer repair store that was going out of business. Um, they were shifting over to B two B, setting up like Ethernet and like internal systems for big companies. And I mean nowadays, if your fo- if your computer breaks, it's, it's cheaper just to buy a new one. Like mm-hmm. than it is to, unless it's like an iPad, or like mm-hmm. a, a MacBook Pro, the thirty eight hundred dollar one, and you yeah. need a new hard drive. That's different. But like the average person isn't fixing their computer. And if you have a computer that that that's that powerful, you probably know how to fix it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we bought out their lease and uh, for like you know what I mean an agreed upon price, and I just sort of like put everything in there that I had uh, as far as product goes, and then just like open the store so we i had to kind of hustle to get people there because again i didn't have advertising money um i mean i was i i was open to close every day for the first couple months and i had a friend come in and help me um so then i mean eight months later COVID hit (laughs) like and luckily back in november 
of 2019, we got, uh, because I had bartended, I figured, all right, well, I have a supplement store. What's a way that I can sort of supplement the income here, too? I put in a three-bay sink, a fridge, and a dishwashing system, and an ice machine, and I was just like, we're going to sell shakes. Mm -hmm. So I've been making shakes for myself, you know what I mean, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I bartended for eight, nine years, so I know how to make stuff taste good. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, we'll just do this. And uh, that was the reason that when COVID hit and they closed everything, because I had a Department of Agriculture license, I was able to stay open because I have a food, I have a retail food license. They couldn't close anybody that had to go food because legally you can't stop people from eating. People would have lost their minds, but all retail stores were shut down. So we were able to stay open. However, when the gyms closed, Mm. nobody's buying supplements. That's really gotcha. Yeah. So they got me there. Um, So I shifted into, uh, I had friends that owned restaurants and stuff and, uh, a lot of people with grocery stores couldn't keep up with logistics, but because the restaurants were closed, uh, a lot of them, I mean, not closed, but like they shut down all their, their they were only doing takeout. Mm-hmm. A lot of the supply chain was still open to restaurants. So we started buying up chicken and beef and eggs. Wow. Uh, and then I put freezers in the York store and like people would come and like I would, we would have... 50 pound boxes of chicken and 10 pound tubes of meat of beef and eggs and people were coming to the shop to buy eggs and like beef and chicken because it wasn't at the grocery store um so that was a a way that i started supplementing my money i was literally i was like i'm the chicken man now like i just shifted i was like it doesn't matter i don't know if this is going to work but i need to pay my bills so because i don't have anything back in me there's no safety net for entrepreneurs honestly there's nothing so i was just like if i fail it's because i didn't sell enough chicken um so when that happened we got a lot of i got a lot of i feel like i got a lot of street cred um from people in the area because york's you know what i mean it's a blue collar town um and i feel like i got a lot of uh street cred for that because they're like this dude's not gonna give up like and that's like what i've tried to push to people like i have no like I'm bullheaded, bro. Like I'm not quitting at this. I got nothing else going on in my life. So like, this is what we're gonna do, and that kind of helped word travel a good bit. And then the stimulus checks came in, and it was like you got everybody and their mother making an extra six, seven hundred dollars a week, plus getting the fourteen hundred dollar check, bro. And then it was trying to keep stuff on the shelves because people were like, now the gyms are back open. And COVID made people realize that uh, their health, well, at first people were like, oh, it's just, it's going to kill everybody. But then after the data started coming out, they were like, oh, mm-hmm. the people who are at most at risk are overweight and old. Yep. Those are the two main risk factors here. It was like the number one and two comorbidity was age and then weight. Um, so people realized that if you're out of shape, like you're, there's a really high probability that this will kill you um so we had a lot of people desperately coming in uh trying to learn how to get into better shape because they were like they're like we're gonna die and i'm like yeah like (laughs) there's a a high probability of that um so then the fitness industry started started to really get a hold of the more health conscious people um that were coming in and because my company is not uh, my employees are not commission based so like unlike some organizations where the retailer um, like the, the floor person is 
going to sell you a product based off of what commission they're going to get. We don't do that. It's whatever is best for the customer. And because I set that policy in place prior to when COVID came around and people coming in to ask genuine questions about their health and well-being, they knew that they were going to come in and get an honest answer because I wouldn't, I have no interest in selling you a product you don't need mm. and neither do my employees. So like where there's no motivation there for uh, malfeasance. Uh, so they were able to come in and get honest opinion on whether or not they should buy this. And sometimes I'd be like, nah, you don't need it. Like, mm. and they're like, really, you're going to not sell me something. I'm like, I'll sell it to you if you want, bro. <laughs> but like, I'm telling you, it's unnecessary. And 99% of the time, actually 100% of the time, everybody's like, I appreciate that answer. You know what I mean? No. And some guys would be like, I'm still going to buy it anyway. And I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, I told you you don't need it, but you know what I mean? I'm not going to slap the credit card out of your hand either. Yeah. The whole yeah. the whole COVID thing, really, I think it did wake a lot of people up, myself mm-hmm. included. Like, I realized um, I started going to the gym end of last year a lot this year, like consistently this year. Yeah. How important do you think the gym is for your mental mm-hmm. health and stability? Because I found that it... But I have to go to the gym now where I like feel some type of way. Yeah. How important is that, do you think? Oh, so um, dark side to COVID um, when they shut the gyms down. I lost three friends during COVID. Um, that not, there was more than that to drug overdoses, but particularly three guys I know. One was really close, and then the other two were just sort of like acquaintances. Mm. Um, one was a really close friend of mine. When the gyms closed, dude, it, it, it destroyed his mental health. Um, there's guys like me. That's why I, I mentioned like getting into wrestling at a young age. Mm-hmm. I was an angry kid. And even as a young man, like into my early 20s, I was an angry dude. And there's something about like going to the gym and getting that all out. Because I, I feel like when you have stored energy take a you guys all right so you take a truck and you put it in first gear but slam on the brakes all right Mm -hmm. and then slam on the gas at the same time eventually that motor is going to blow all right i look at young men the same way we are flowing with testosterone the everything's changed as far as ten thousand years of you know i mean evolution people don't work in artificial lighting until like 60 years ago air conditioning didn't exist until 60 years ago like all these things so you have people that are now compartmentalized when we're really supposed to be outside doing the shit you guys do you're supposed to be out here throwing things around moving stuff um because that's what gets that energy out it's got potential energy has to have some sort of outlet and uh when they closed the gyms man it really twisted people's brains up and i mean across the bodybuilding world I can't tell you how many dudes killed themselves. Like, I don't know if they have to edit that part out. A lot of times the YouTube algorithm won't let you talk about things like suicide. Um, but it's in, And this is Men's Mental Health Month. It's June. Um, and it's incredibly important that people understand that... Because uh, they'll talk about, like, toxic fitness culture, mm-hmm. especially in men, because it's yeah. very narcissistic to take yeah. pictures of yourself and, like, stuff like that. But they got to also think that, like... Maybe those dudes are doing it because, like, they have really low self-esteem. And this is how they get out of it. And I'd say me particularly. Like, I had really low self-esteem my entire life. I still have, like, that uh, um, body dysmorphia. 
where people yeah. I'll be like, dude, I'm people be like, oh, you're getting bigger, and I'm like, you don't tiny. see it almost. And yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, I can't fit in a normal car. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? When I get it out of my wife's car, I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm like, God, I'm still so small. Behind you know what I mean? Bed, we should have got you a different chair. Right, right, right. Um, so, like, the gym is. If I don't hit the gym three, four days a week, I am. My my wife will tell you, like, I am uncomfortable um, yeah. because I have to do something and because I don't like doing a lot of outdoorsy stuff um, that's where I get all my, my outlet is and I think a lot of people realize that now how important um, taking care of yourself is because when you have a positive outlook on your health you'll have a positive outlook on your mental health mm-hmm. um, and when you're able to get out stored energy stored aggression in a controlled environment um, that's why they have those like rage rooms you know yeah, what I mean yeah. like I mean you guys can come here and just toss things around fuck, whatever it's scrap you give a shit yeah. um, just go out here with a hammer and just break Quack. shit if you're mad um, but like in the average person's day to day I remember when I waited tables um, and I went back and I just you, I mean you get some people that are just real pieces of garbage uh, that you wait on and just talk to you like you're scum and I went back and I remember pulverizing a bag, a box of fries. Like I went back into the freezer because it's cold and it would calm me down a little bit. And uh, I remember going in there and just, I don't know why I lost my shit one day and just fucking teed off like Mike Tyson style on a box of fries. And my manager came back and he was like, are you all right? And I'm like, I'm good. You know, I'm, good. I'm good now. Like the box of fries, not so much, but like I'll pay for them if you want me to. But he's like, just, you know what I mean? Just... Just go yeah. back. Don't kill anybody, please. Like, <laughs> yeah, my wife has told me plenty of times, like, you just probably should go to the gym. Like, yes. Just, like, and it's the weirdest thing, like you said, with mental health this month, it's it's the thing that's gotten me, the gym's gotten me through, like, the darkest places and the yep. darkest times. But then it's, it just, when you're not into that routine and not in it, you're just kind of not there mentally either. Yeah. Um, I wanted to touch on, you said about, I would say you guys are more, you guys do a lot of customer service. Yeah. You go in, you talk to Cody, you talk to all your other guys, and it's, they're not going to feed you a line of crap. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, like, and we're, we're trying to do that too. Like, we'll, we're, we're up front with everything. If you watch our videos, we're up front with all of our pricing, all, yeah. of, all of our stuff. I mean, so are you guys. And he, Todd, he went out, um, was that last week? That you went out and talked to kids in school? So we're trying to like trying to do the same thing that you are. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get out and show kids things. But what I want to get to is, a lot of your guys are younger. Yeah. And you're 20. Yep. He's 21. 20. Uh, 20. Yeah. He's 20, and I'm 27. So mm-hmm. do you think that the younger age helps you a lot with that too, or do you think it's kind of? Yeah. Um, the the Gen Z crowd. Um, definitely has uh it's like split um you have half of gen z that is they know what i'm talking about (laughs) half of them are are insane and don't want to work and anything like that but there's a pretty big part of gen z that honestly is really involved in fitness now some of that's rooted in narcissism which is cool. You know what I mean? Like half of adult, like half Gen X, millennials, the rest of us, we're all rooted in it somehow. I hate when people try and say, oh, it's not narcissism. No, dude, it is. Like, and it's cool. That's what motivates you. That's fine. Um, But with the younger guys, like they really want to, um, with my company particularly, 
uh, one fitness has become popular amongst a lot of Gen Z guys um, and girls, whatever. Uh, but the guys that work for me, uh, Gen Z has also become really popular with entrepreneurial shit. Um, it's very common for younger guys to want to start their own businesses now mm -hmm. because a lot of the legacy companies are failing. A lot of like uh, we're finding out that you can actually make money working for yourself and yeah. you can make your own rules and have individuality and stuff like that, which is one of the reasons I do this. Uh, and you can go to college and <laughs> I've, I've had people work for me that they did four years in college and they have a business degree. They don't know the, the first damn thing about running a business. They know what a business is. They know how businesses interact, but like there's no practical application for any of it. Um, I remember I had, I had explained how um, taxes work and regulations and filing permits and all this other stuff, all the, the boring sh that comes into going and running a business. Yeah. And I think one of the things with having those younger guys is they're, uh, they're more open to learn what it's like to own a business. Uh, they also have like, I don't want to say like someone to look up to, but I've been told that before by younger guys. They're like, it's really cool to see somebody who's, you know what I mean, a decade older than me that's really fucking out there doing it and like doing it correctly. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're like, how do you, like I've gotten interviewed by uh, college students and stuff for their like papers and high school students. I did an interview with him for uh, one of his business classes because they're just like, it's cool to meet somebody that like, because you see things on TikTok, you'll see a dude who's like, yeah, I own a Lambo, you know what I mean? <laughs> Ty, what's that guy? Ty Lopez. Uh, He's like, look at my fucking Lambos, bro. And you're just like, yeah, that's cool, man. How did you get there? Like, because I don't know how to own a Lambo. Like, like yeah, and man. I have to explain to guys like, yeah, dude, the Lambo thing, like that's a, that's all fake. You know what I mean? Most of those guys, they're all fake. They're retina Lambos. You know what I mean? They just want you to buy something. They just want you to buy their 1999 service. And then they honestly probably do own a Lambo after they sell enough $20 e-books to, like, people who don't understand that that e-book's not going to get you there. Going out and doing everything face-to-face is what actually makes you money. It's what grows your networking. Networking is how you make money. It's not just, you know what I mean? Just posting one video isn't going to do shit. Just doing this isn't going to do, but if you go out and you're going to the schools and talking to kids and, and honestly, like shaping them while they're young and understanding that, like, you know what I mean? There is a life out there for you and you do have to work for it, but like, there's other stuff that you can do. You don't have to go and get, you know what I mean? A degree or something like that. You can go out and just get a job. <laughs> yeah. You always want to, would you say as a young, like coming up, did you want to own your own business or did this kind no. of just... No, no, I never wanted to, like it. Uh, I always liked hustling. Um, like I always liked the thought of like, you know what I mean? Like turning a dollar into two. It's always been cool to me. Investing has always been cool to me. Um, like I said, I'm a numbers guy. Like so, mm -hmm. sitting back and like looking at like spreadsheets and graphs of stock market influxes and 100 day 50 day moving averages like yeah. that shit like mm, like i love it yeah. for some odd reason my brain enjoys <laughs> that um, but when i was younger i actually wanted to be a politician like oh, i wow. uh, i wanted to i mean i went through phases everybody does um like i when i was in middle school i wanted to go into psychiatry uh then when i was in high school i was like dude i really want to be a politician I don't know why that was my thing, 
um, I did like the model government and stuff and went and talked to different politicians and what stopped me from wanting to do that was the guy asked me if I if uh, he's like how do you feel about kissing ass and I was like I'm not good at it he was like you'll never do well in this he's like it is not and he's like it's all kissing ass it's all backdoor deals and all this other stuff and I was just like nah never mind that nah I was like this isn't gonna work because I'm like I'm not a I'm not that guy you know what I mean so um, when I got into fitness and started doing personal training um, that was just purely trying to find like a passion uh, but it really came out um, I, I wanted I actually prior when I started House of Gains I was in school for physical therapy so I wanted to be a doctor that's what I wanted to do because I was like well personal training is it's not bad but it's it's so much grinding it's so much scheduling it's so much like on your own i was like if i ever want to have a family it's a really hard gig to be a personal mm-hmm. trainer and try and have a family because your hours are all over the place it's appointment dependent um and then there's no guarantees like i mean you get a recession and you're the first thing to go oh, yeah. the moment somebody like i had uh, i don't know how many clients be like hey i can't afford you anymore and i'm like but we're only halfway through your program and they're just like and I'm not the kind of person that would make people sign these long contracts they'd have to buy their way out of, like, L.A. and, like, mm-hmm. some of these other, like, corporate chains would do. If somebody tells me that they're like, hey, man, like, I can't I can't do this anymore, I'd be like, just, you know what I mean, whatever, man. I'm not, let's just finish out the ones that you paid for, um, and we'll go from there. And if you want to come back, cool, we'll, we'll work on that then. Um, but I wanted to be a doctor uh, prior to doing this because it was, I knew that I would go to college and, I would get a really good job and it would last me my entire life and nobody can ever take the one thing I'll say about education is nobody can ever take it away from you once you have it you have it like my wife's a teacher like she's always going to have that teaching degree like all three of them or whatever she has three teaching degrees so like nobody can ever take that away and if she leaves that profession she can always come back and like if I wanted to be a doctor later in life or be a PT assistant like a PTA you'll start out making like 25 30 bucks an hour you know what i mean and you're in controlled environment stuff like that and you get to kind of do the same thing that i was doing with personal training but um it wasn't until i decided that i wanted to take a risk um because when i started house of gains um i looked at it and i was like people like this industry is very image based and I was like, my brain is probably not going to go anywhere because I don't like drink. I don't do drugs or anything like that. So I was like, my brain's probably still going to be here in 20 years, but my looks are going to fade. So I was like, I'm only, and I'm, and if, if, as I'm older, I'm going to want to possibly have kids or get married. And I was like, and then that grind life, that it's, mm. it becomes very, very, very difficult because the way that I built my company was grassroots. I, if you told me that there was a table at Tuesday at 4 o'clock at a gym in Reading, cool, I'm there. If you told me at Wednesday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon there was going to be an event at a gym in Harrisburg, cool, I'll pack my car and go. Yep. Like, it was, I said yes. To, I didn't say no to anything. You still uh, do that. I still do that, bro. I, it's nightmare. Every time I follow, <laughs> I, I follow you on social media, and yeah. it's, I mean, it, it seems like almost once a week you're at... You're out somewhere trying to. You're doing the. You were doing the marathon last year. For yep. The re, with recovery. Yep. 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 Not um, one more. We'll do that too again this year. Yep. We'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you do schools. You're at every other gym, just trying to just put your face out there. And I yeah. think that's where like 
like we do that with the family owned business. It's like more of a family owned business. Mm-hmm. You don't see that with corporate mm-hmm. things. You don't see. They, have, they have the advertising budgets. They have the investors. Like if you're going to start, a, if you work for a large company, you just send the paperwork off to somebody. Mm-hmm. You don't know where it goes, and then it comes back. You know what I mean? Filled out and everything, and you're like, oh, we're going to do events. They're like, nah, we're not. Like because they have the advertising budget and the skills to be able to just grow the customers in a different way. And mm-hmm. I just family-owned businesses, independently-owned businesses. A lot of times we don't have those resources available to us, or the honestly the knowledge to to do those things. Like we're just getting into. I'm just learning now. It's, I've owned House of Games for like five, six years now. Like learning what a drip campaign is, and like learning what these. Uh, email marketing campaigns and how to run CRM files and all that other stuff, like legitimate, not just like on a spreadsheet. Like are these all packed into paid softwares that you can track the ROI on it? And like, I'm learning firsthand stuff that like people with master's degrees and like in business and marketing and stuff like that would have. Um, And it's important. Like, plus if you're um, in your guys' scenario, my scenario, like I didn't focus on e-com. I focused on my retail stores, really, mm-hmm. uh, more or less, because I knew that in this area, I could get in front of somebody. And I mean, if you're on a phone, and you're just scrolling, you'll see an ad, you just keep scrolling. And I was like, if I can just get off of this and just go to an event and be like, here it is. Yeah. And they hold it and they touch it and they know it's real. Now I have a significant advantage over this because they can see this on a screen but they've never touched it. They've never felt it. Um, and I was just like, all right, well, I have less competition in front of me um, here locally. Uh, and I have the ability that uh, to to be there personally. Um, it doesn't cost me any money, just time. Time is money. But it was at the time, my time was worth less money. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, well. Um, and then uh, it gave me that trust advantage, too, because they're like, oh, like, uh, you know, when I be in the store, when I go to events, it'd be like, Oh, like, where's this company from? And I'm like, my house. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, I own it. Like, I'm, they're like, you own it and you're here? And I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, because, like, I don't have anything else to do right now, so I'm here. Like, and I want to promote the company. Yeah. So um, that was, uh, that's always been, uh, you know what I mean, the goal is to get out there and get in front of people. I think it's like, what we've learned, it's like really authentic. Like, coming just from, mm-hmm. like, coming from the owner and, like, the one who's who started it, like, when you start building relationship with like people around, they're gonna want to work mm-hmm. with. They're gonna want to stick with House of Gains, even if something else is maybe not as cheap or like mm-hmm. whatever it is. The relationship is like really what matters. Yeah, because they want to be a part of that too. Like uh, they want to be a part of the hustle, and they know. Like I mean, I have, uh, I've ordered, I've gone to order stuff, um, and paused because I didn't know if it was good or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or I've uh, waited um, to buy a stock or something until I found out whether or not one of my friends did. You know what I mean? I'm like, did you buy that? And they're like, yeah, it was good. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, cool. So, like, a lot of the times, like, uh, you're going based off of, like, referrals and and from a real person. And that's where, um, like, the marketing stuff is going to change again back to, I I firmly believe this, AI is going to drive people off of their phones. Like, I am 100% now, not everybody, but there is a large part of the population that this is already, like, most people are, are going to hate this already. 
Like, I hate this thing, and I run my company from it. I run my entire life yeah. off of this. But it's getting to the point now where, like, AI is going to get so good that people aren't going to believe it anymore. They're not going to believe anything they read. I saw, like, these photos. Like, you saw the, the photoshopped uh, pictures of Trump getting arrested, like, where he's, like, <laughs> yeah. fighting them off, and he's, like, boxing a cop. And you're like, bro, these look real. Like, and then I just saw, like some other Photoshop ones this morning and of, of like, I don't know. I'm like, Oh my God, those look like really, really real, man. And like, I've worked with chat GPT and all that other stuff and mm. written descriptions and articles. And it's crazy how good it is. Uh, but it's scary because like eventually people are going to be like, bro, I don't trust anything I can't touch. Like mm. we're going to go back to like, it's, it's a, it's a cycle. You know what I mean? People are going to go and technology is going to get good and everyone's going to rely on it. And then they're going to be like, unless I can talk to somebody face to face, I'm not talking to you because they're not going to believe that. Like, I mean, I saw one with Joe Rogan where like he did a commercial and it was not Joe Rogan, bro. Yeah. Like there was an AI of a Nirvana song. I don't, did you guys hear that? I heard that one, the Drake song. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it sounds good, and like just crazy. like them. Yeah. Like, so yeah. people aren't going to believe anything they see or hear anymore unless they can reach out and touch it. Like, so that's where companies like this and mine will have that severe competitive advantage because if you're out there talking to people and the, the time to get in it is, is six months ago, the second best time would be now. So anybody that's listening, if you are not, if you're relying entirely on marketing, can't like e-commerce marketing, social media marketing, like they're 100% aspects of this that you should have but the best part is when people can watch a podcast like this and then go out and talk to the guy that was on it mm -hmm. if there's no follow through all the money is made in the follow through you can post the product up but if the product tastes like shit no one's going to buy it or at least not going to buy it a second time so it's like oh yeah you can have this great marketing but if there's no follow through it doesn't matter so stuff like this people are going to see it the AI marketing is going to get really good but then they're going to want to talk to somebody because they're gonna, people need, especially nowadays, that reassurance that, uh, you know what I mean, that what they saw was actually real. Yeah. That's, that's eye-opening. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. You, you use your chat Yeah, I use chat too, and it's, it's definitely really cool like to see the stuff that it does, but it's also scary at it's the same terrifying. time. Yeah. Like, who knows, like, how many like jobs eventually it's going to take over and stuff too like I, I don't know it's it's pretty crazy to think about but yeah I, I was going to ask for you do you uh, like doing like social media stuff now I, I saw you had Instagram mm -hmm. do you do you plan on doing that more um, as it goes on or do yeah. you think do you think um, like you said also that you want to keep it like real with like, the person on person thing too mm -hmm. so how do you like balance that so um, I have significantly up to like my content game. I just mm -hmm. hired a guy to help. I build out like a little um, studio in my office to be able to record videos that I can then send. I was editing them myself, but now I hired an editor to help me with that stuff because um, doing things like that are taking time away from me being able to go out and do things like this. Um, it's very uh, um, difficult to do both. And I want to expand my social media stuff. Um, but at the same time, I need to be able to be in person, too. Yeah. So it is like a delicate balance that, like, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to do both, um, kind of burn the candle at both ends. Um, but where 
internet, like where, where AI is going to get terrifying, is um, with the chat GPT stuff where you said that mm-hmm. it's um, uh, <laughs> it because if you don't have the, the content to produce, there's no follow through anyway. So I have yeah. to keep doing social media stuff, and then like once I blow up on Instagram, if I ever do, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, then when you go to an event, then people can shake their hands. Like we had that mm-hmm. Sean Corita come out for that event, so like. We had a guy that's on the internet. Only people have 600,000 followers have only ever seen him on a TV screen or on their computer or on their phone. And then they get to come out and meet him in real life. And it's this aha yeah. moment. That's what I wanted to be able to do for people is like to bring in these, these, these icons and to be able to meet them in person. That's the follow through. But the first thing you have to have is the social media. Because if they don't know who you are, they don't give a shit when they meet you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because if I go somewhere and like I mean, experience this, especially the first couple of years, I'd be like, hi, I'm in House of Games. Like, what the fuck is that? Who are you? You know what I mean? Why is this meathead talking to me? Yeah. Why is this dude with leather hands standing here buff for no reason? Like, like trying to sell me protein. I don't care, dude. I go to vitamin shop. So it was, I had to build the social media content um, where AI is going to get very scary uh, with, um, especially with social media, especially with websites, uh, is they can... I mean, what we have access to is very limited compared to what the companies do. ChatGPT is free. OpenAI is free. Um, so imagine what they're paying for on the back. Yeah. That's the shit that they let us have when they talk about, like, oh, like, GPS technology, like, being able to do stuff on your phone. But they've been able to do that since the 80s. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They could put a, a Hellcat missile up a camel's ass <laughs> back, in, back in 2000. You know what yeah. I mean? As opposed to now, like, uh, that we're, we're able to get, like, some of that type. So... What's scary is, I mean, you can give prompts to the AI to code. It can build a website. They even had one hire um, a task rabbit to get past the CAPTCHA codes. So, like, when you have, like, are you a real person? Like, so what they would do is they would create an email address. It would send an email. Here's the bank account to route it to. Hire this person. Hey, go on this website. Sign in with this information. When it goes through and it gives you the captchas, can you click on this, this, and this? And it's an a, it's a computer giving the prompts to the task rabbit to go through <laughs> and file these, so then they can get past the wall, so they can get in. You know what I mean? And now that they're in, now the company or the computer system can build an entire website. All right. So hypothetically, if I was going to start a supplement company with AI right now, I would say, now you have your target demographics. All right. So your people that you're going to go after. The people that I go after, mostly men and women ages 18 to 40. Mm-hmm. Those, that's my target demographic. I know that based off of my data. Uh, so if I was going to go after, um, let's just say, women, specifically moms, age 25 to 50, all right? Now I'm going to create, I'm gonna say, put in my prompt, this is the type of content that I wanna create. You go over, you make an image, uh, all right, so I'm going to create, because there's pictures online of people that don't exist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can create them yeah. very easily. Uh, I would say right now, create a guy in his 20s that works at a scrapyard. You know what I mean? That probably likes Morgan Wallen or some shit. You know mm. what I mean? Like, so they would give him a camo hat and, like, some scruff and a cutoff. You know what I mean? It would literally create you. You know what I mean? I'm assuming you like Morgan Wallen. I don't know. How can you not? Yeah. <laughs> so... What's going to get scary is is these uh, these websites are going to be able to create these fake profiles, generate fake images, fake videos, fake voices, and everything. Then they're going to be 
creating textual content, video content, that's directed specifically based off of 70 years of marketing research that it can access like that, like that would take me months to read through. They can just pull it right up and say, all right, so the algorithm for, the, for, for a mom ages 25 to 50, they like X, Y, Z. So the content, the colors that they like are mm -hmm. usually, um, they like washed tones, you know what I mean? Like lighter colors, things like that. They don't like neons. They don't like... So those marketing tactics are going to be softer colors, softer palettes, more um, rustic industrial and stuff like that. So they're going to put that in there. They're gonna, that's what the whole theme is going to be. Then they're going to create content. So you're going to have a lot of stuff that's motivational, that's emotional. That's the context that it's going to create the content for. What are they going to be? They're going to be inspirational. It's going to be feeling. You know what I mean? So then they'll be able to create all these contents. Then they say, all right, cool. Prep, what, kind of, what types of products do these people buy? Type it in. These are the types of products that they buy based off of market research. Boom. They're going to say, all right, so get these. All you have to do is put the formulas in, send it to a contract manufacturer. Boom. Contract manufacturer creates the product. You send it to, they'll send it off. They can design the labels on AI now too. So now all that stuff, boom, 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 send it over to the people. And you just have one person that can essentially just be like, cool, done. And then it runs itself. Like if you know how to set the systems in place, AI is going to get fucking terrifying when it comes to stuff like that. Because on the other side, it can manipulate people too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because now it knows, if it knows, if I know what you like, I can manipulate you into doing something. Yeah. Like if you know something somebody's end goal it's not hard it's just like if you know that uh somebody's end goal is sex what do you do you manipulate them you show some skin you know to make them laugh a little bit mm -hmm. like there's things like that that you can do so ai is smarter than all of us so it's able to manipulate those things and that's where it's going to get super terrifying um so I, sorry about all the doomsday stuff guys <laughs> but that's why a lot of people are going to turn back to stuff like this because they're going to be like, dude, I don't even think that person's real. Like, I don't even think the person I'm talking to is like a real human being. Like, no, that makes sense. It's yeah. crazy to think about like what, what the future holds for us, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> it's coming fast, too, I feel like. It's really couple, quick. Like 10 years from now, who knows? 20 years? It's I know, talking about, talking about your event that you had like a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I was there, and like I got one of your smooth, one of the mango smoothies. Yeah, it, was, yeah, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. And just hearing like the story, like that's starting those the smoothies and shakes and stuff mm -hmm. kept you in business over yeah. COVID. So hearing the story behind that is just like pretty cool. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, and people like shakes. You know what I mean? Like yes. people like to eat. It's an you know, it was an easy way to. I was like, all right, well, what's a way that we can drive traffic in here? You know what I mean? Like and. Uh, if you just have retails, what's the difference? I, uh, I, I've always, I, I get on Gary Vee a little bit because like he does the yard sale stuff yeah. and like tells me when he's like, just sell your house and live in a car <laughs> and yard sale, go on eBay, sell coffee mugs for $200. I'm like, bro, that doesn't exist. Like, I know that you say it and you've done it, but like, you're also Gary Vee. So like you can go to a yard sale and argue with people over a quarter or whatever, bro. <laughs> but like the, the amount of time anyway. Um, but he does say stuff like I, I followed because everything is self-taught. I have like not self-taught. I learned it from somebody else mm -hmm. uh, via YouTube or um, uh, uh, audio book or something like that. Um, to uh, when he says, in reference to like retail stores, gyms, um, and uh, other companies, uh, like even what you guys are doing right now, um, it, you have to have people. People have to have a reason to go there. 
what's the difference between me and Amazon? The experience that you get when you come in my store. So the aesthetic that I provide with like, you know, I mean, how I set the store up, um, the, the aesthetic that I have with the, with the employees that I have and the way that they're instructed to talk to the, the customers um, and the products that we carry as well. And then things like the shakes, you know what I mean? That's a destination point. So you have to give people a destination point or what's the difference between you and anybody else? You have to give people a reason to um, want to come there. And I was just like, if I make something taste good, that's probably a good enough reason for somebody to come and spend $5 on a shake uh, yeah. that they yeah. wouldn't have been able to make. They can't make them at home. I've had people try. They can't replicate it. So. I would recommend. Yeah, I can't. I've there. tried. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what peanut butter Cody puts in there, but he always puts extra. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a double scooper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've had people come up. They're like, oh, yeah, we've seen you on TikTok, and we just want to stop in, and we have just a little bit of metal, but we and we drove 45 minutes to you guys. Mm -hmm. Like I said yesterday when my truck broke down, they – I, and I called the guy, and he's like, wait, are you from Saz? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I was just watching you on TikTok. Yeah. Like, it's, it's cool that, they, that you can get out and do that. Yeah, I mean, I just did a, last week a podcast with um, a guy that owns DreamWorks Roofing up in Mechanicsburg. Mm -hmm. cool. And he was like, yeah, people were making fun of us for, like, our um, TikToks and our um, social media videos and stuff like that. And he's like, and I've had people say stuff to me, like, mm -hmm. oh, that's corny or why are you doing this? And I'm like... Yeah, at the end of the day, though, man, like, I'm watching my networks, like, I'm watching mm -hmm. my uh, my engagement go up, and my profits are going up, too. Mm -hmm. So, what is it, 50 Cent said, go ahead, switch your style up, and if they hate, let them hate, let the money pile up. Like, yeah. I kind of look at it the same way. Like, I, I'm not doing anything that's out of pocket based off of my, um, like, tr it's not untrue to me. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Making videos of, like, you guys smashing cans. And like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Doing stuff like that. That's not untrue to your guys' belief structure. It's just you found a way to make a job that otherwise probably sucks. You know what I mean? Fun. Like, mm -hmm. and if nowadays in reference going back to the Gen Z stuff and the whole COVID res revolution of uh, the great resignation, people realize that like their lives are incredibly short mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, you, you're lucky to live 60 years. You really are like and there's people that live to like you know what i mean 80 90 years old but they're the exception to the rule the average person might live to be like 65 70 years old all right you spend the first 20 years of your life in school doing off with your friends that's cool but like and then the last 20 years you're spent really trying to like make sure your shit doesn't fall apart like and then so but that in middle 20 years you know i mean the people who are 20 to 40 years old we're really just trying to like enjoy this shit you only have like an able body for so long. Once you get older, it starts to hurt all the time, bro. And people realize that like, if they're gonna work somewhere, they want to enjoy it. And if they want, uh, now people are getting into from the customer side, cause that's the employee side of things. The customer side of things is, do I want my money to go to these people? You know, in all honesty, like when I, I mean, you're seeing it with like, uh, cancel culture and different things. I see you guys got some Bud Light cans in here. Um, yeah, still people are still drinking it. You know what I mean? I don't know how how blue this thing will be in a couple months. Their sales are down horribly, um, but people are um, they are more consumer conscious and they want to know like where is my money going? And that's why like stuff like this is important um, because they're like, all right, well I know that if I sell my metal here that it'll go to like that the company will make more money 
the employees will make more money. They'll be able to do more things like this. Like this is unheard of in a in a scrapyard. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for like, sure. So, two global magazine covers or nation or is it nationwide magazine covers? I know the one. The one was yeah. yeah. Um, See, that's awesome. One's Lancaster, just Lancaster, but yeah. Oh yeah, the um, what is it, Lancaster News? Driving, driving Lancaster. Yeah. Um, and people will see stuff like that and be like, that's where I want my money to go. Because mm-hmm. people are now more conscious of like how these corporate overlords really own everything. And when they get a chance to be like, you know what, I want, I, I, I will, it's really hard for me to take credit for House of Gains, even though like I'm the guy who did it, you know what I mean? I'm the guy who showed up and did the work. But like it's, it, my supporters, my customers are the people that built it. Like, because I tell people every time you buy a product from me and I make 15 bucks off, right? When I make that $15, that's going to go right. I never heard that train this much. I know, right? I'll wait for it. Yeah. There's a second one, apparently. But yeah, I don't usually go through that much. Yeah, when people... um, are able to like look objectively like where does my money go uh and they know that like in my in my situation they know the guy that owns it Mm -hmm. they know the people that work there uh and they're like all right well if if i want anybody to make money i want it to be this guy uh and because like we always try to do charity events and give back to the community and things like that um uh, drives or whatever we can possibly do uh, because people are more conscious about stuff like that. They want to know that their money's not going to go into some corporate hedge fund that's going to fund politicians that hate them, you know what I mean, yeah. or go overseas to a company that doesn't exist, uh, that's all all a shell corporation or anything like that. They want to know that it's not just going in the pockets of Wall Street because nowadays people are like, I mean, not, the, not everybody, but there's a good, there's a growing section of the population that's like, Nah, like yeah. I've, I got to pay two dollars more to know that it stays here. Then I'm cool with that, uh, and I'm the same way. Like if I know that I can, if I have to pay two dollars in the convenience, like I just found for some of my smoothie stuff, a local company um, that sells a nationally known product that we use as an ingredient, um, and because that I was previously buying from a large distributor. So I found an independently owned company out in Lancaster that's a distributor for it. They actually got it to me. 50 cents a unit cheaper, which if I buy, I think, I don't know, 700 units a month, I save an extra $350 mm-hmm. off of that order. Um, every month, that's uh, what, that comes out to uh, almost $5,000 a year that I'll save by ordering from these guys. And I know that the owner lives in Elizabethtown and he owns that company and they donate a ton of product overseas, like to mal, uh, malnourished kids and stuff like that. Uh, they send like pallets of water and stuff like that. Um, so I'm like, cool. Like I found a way that I can get my product cheaper. Um, but even if it was the same price, I would have got it from. And they provided me a better service because when you go with local guys, you know that like you're probably going to get a better service because, like in my situation, like bro, I got to see you at the grocery store. Like, <laughs> like if I rip somebody off, York ain't that fucking big, man. Like I got to show. I, we're going to the same gym. Like, so if I rip somebody off, like, it's not like you, it's not, this isn't New York City. This isn't Miami. This isn't, you know what I mean, Algeria or anything like that. I can't just disappear. Like, our kids go to the same school. Like, (laughs) we're going to see each other at baseball games and shit. Like, so, 
Yeah, that's that's where that comes in for sure. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't know. Usually, the way we like to wrap it up, I don't know. Do you, <clears throat> we're all, well, Mason kind of gave our, our ages mm-hmm. around the table and stuff. What, put yourself back in that, in our age, what would be like some advice, either personal or professional? Um, what would you kind of say for us looking ahead? If I was, what, say 20 years old? Yeah, just 20, yeah. Getting into your 20s, starting starting out your professional career. What's some advice? That's a tough question, for sure. There's a couple things, for sure. One, if you're, if you're under the age, if you're any age, but especially when you're in your 20s, compounding interest is king. Hmm. Understand that if, if you even put it in certain bank accounts and let it just grow don't blow every like always keep a safety net and let it compound because 20 years from now you're going to be like damn i'm glad i did that that's that's number one financial illiteracy in this country is insane like the fact that people don't learn um simple financial protective uh skills um defensive skills offensive skills uh is it's terrifying i didn't learn them i learned them on my own um, the other is, in as a spinoff of that, when it comes to time, um, if you're 20 years old, you have so much time ahead of you. It is unreal. Hypothetically, you live to 80 years old. And you're 20. All right. That means your entire life times four is how long you have. Yeah. Your enti- everything you've ever experienced, your first kiss, your first bike ride, your first, you know what I mean, sexual experience, your first hamburger, yeah. your first trip to the beach, your second trip to the beach, your third trip to the beach, your fourth trip to the beach, your first job. Like, you have that entire 20 years of your life from the, when you came out of your mom to where you're at right now. That's a long fucking time, dude. And to think that you have... Those. Four more of those. Four more of those to go. Three more technically to go. You got three of your entire life. Take your whole life, and you have three more of them left. Don't be afraid to to delay for de- of delayed gratification. Because I don't think in terms of I have short term goals, but everything I think of is where where is this going to get me five years from now? You know, what I mean? where is this going to get me ten years from now? What's my twenty year timeline on? Like so, I, I genuinely always try and think: Is this going to uh, is this short term? Is this thirty day thing going to help my two year thing, my five year, ten year, twenty year, thirty year timeline? Um, so, younger guys, don't be afraid of that. And above all, I would say, as a reference to mental health in this country. Um, especially for young men, because I feel like young men um, are, uh, I feel like are, are are definitely, I don't want to say a disenfranchised group, because that's not the word I'm looking for. Lost, um, maybe? Or? A lost generation. We have a lost generation of young men, and we have for a, a, for a while now, um, because men are losing their, their, um, um, their primal purpose in life. Our primal purpose in, for you know what I mean the entire existence of humanity has been to protect hunt kill gather you know what I mean like that's that's what we were supposed to do and now we're like 
the fuck, am I supposed to do a podcast? You know what I mean? But like, because my insides don't say podcasts. <laughs> like, my insides are like, chop wood, kill a buffalo. Like, so now I'm like, all right, well, if you're young, especially if you don't have kids, if you don't have to pay for a house, if you don't have like, you know, if you can live at your parents' house, fucking do it. I don't give a shit when anybody says, like, when it comes to, like, oh, he doesn't have a house, like, on his own. Like, if these girls want to say shit to young men, like, about, like, oh, you don't have a Bugatti. Oh, you don't got a seven-figure income. Those girls are trash anyway. Catch me in five years. Right, yeah. Yeah, catch me in five years, bro. I'll have my Bugatti then. But I tell people, like, in that position, um, and you can take time to authentically find who you are. Because as a young man, when you're in high school, you don't know shit. You're just getting your first boner. You know what I mean? You're like walking around. You're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I like. You know what I mean? And then you get in your 20s and you're like, tell me I got to go to college. They told me I got to go to the military. They told me, I don't even know if I like Bud Light. You know what I mean? Or not. Like, I, mean, I tell people, take time to figure out who you are. Because the distance in between 18 and 25 is so pivotal um, in finding out who you are as a person. Which I think, if you want to find success in life at all, in business, in anything, relationships, if you don't know who you are, you're fucked. Like, you're, you're not going to get anywhere in life because you're constantly going through this cycle of, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm, why, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? And, and when people take time, like, if you don't go to college right out of high school, that's totally cool, man. Nobody cares anymore. Like, if you, you just get a job, you just pay your bills, go spend time, go to the go to the beach with your friends, go to the bar with your buddies, you know what I mean? Go fishing, like, go do something where you can take time and really figure out who you are and what you like, because if you never figure that out, you're going to be unhappy your whole life. And like, for me, I was fortunate um, in a sense where I got put into some positions where I wasn't allowed to do anything for a period of time. So I had nothing else to do but to think about it. You know what I mean? Like, what do I like? Like, um, and I'm very fortunate for that. Um, and that's that's really what I would suggest to people is, is really focus on a long game uh, first uh, and, and figure out how to be true to yourself. Because mm-hmm. when you're true to yourself, everything else falls into place. With what I do, um, I've had people be like, oh, like, like dude's a meathead. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I love it. Like, this is the best thing that I I could possibly do with my life. And I don't like anything else. Like, I found out what I really like. If you're really into, like, uh, anything, man, that's what you should do. And you should do it thoroughly. You should do it fully. Like, don't half-ass it if you're going to do it. If this is the kind of stuff you like, if you like scrap metal and podcasts, bro, then fucking do that. And do it right and do it well. And put everything you have into it. Don't, like, pussyfoot around stuff. If you're going to do it, go all in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then if it doesn't work, dude, I, I bought a vape juice company years ago, and it failed immediately. I lost a ton of money on that. And you know what I mean? I also don't know shit about vape juice. <laughs> I don't vape. So, like, I fucking absolutely should not have done that. Like, and I learned in a very expensive lesson and in a, in a category that I didn't have any business being in. You know what I mean? But I had to try it. And that's a lot of the things is, uh, is definitely try um, experience and experience stuff like, there's the, the one thing there's a couple things that nobody can ever take away from you one is your education once you know something they can't take it away from you they can take your clothes they can take your house but they can't take what you know and they can never take your experiences so like I, if, if you have the opportunity to do something 
And even if your friends say it's stupid, even if your parents say it's stupid, like, and you have the opportunity to like follow through with something that like genuinely tickles your soul and you're just like, bro, I want to try this. You know what I mean? Then try it. And if you fail, there is no way the poorest people in this country, I'm gonna look at the camera when I say this, the poorest people in this country live better than kings did 200 years ago. You can literally not work in this country, get housing, phone, health insurance, you can get medical care, you can get food, you can get, you can get driven places, and you don't have to do anything for that. You can fall flat on your face in this country and you could still eat, you still have a place to sleep, you still have, you can still go to the, the, you know what I mean, and get and get food and get medical care and stuff like that. They have to treat you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it the best care? No. Is it the best phone? No. Is it the best housing? No. Is it the best food? Probably not. Like, but you'll still live and you'll be fine. So that's what I tell people in this because the safety net is so huge that like if you're not taking risks, you're fucking up. Like you're you're absolutely fucking up because it doesn't make any sense not to because the the, the, the net is there. Like you're not going to go anywhere. I mean, you could, and, and in a sense of like, if uh, um, you could, if you failed right now, I'm pretty sure as long as you're not like a total, like dead, like as long as you're not like a real scumbag, and you try something, say you want to start a business, all right, and it doesn't work out, and you're broke. Pretty sure that as long as you're not like a really shitty person. You could call your friend and just be like, hey, bro, like, I know, like, Mason, man, like, I, I fucked up, and, like, this this business failed. Can I crash on your couch for 30 days? And I'm pretty sure he'd be like, yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. You know what I mean? Because as long as you've got friends and you treat people well, it's really hard to end up completely assed out. Now, if you're a drunk dick, like, and you treat people like hell, and you don't, you're not, like, a good human being, like, yeah, then you probably shouldn't take many risks. Because the chances of, like... Somebody like I, when a guy comes and they say like things like, uh, you know what I mean? Nobody cares about the dude in his forties who, you know what I mean? Keeps screwing up and like, eventually people get fed up with your stuff. But like, yeah. if you're a young man and you haven't like really wronged anybody in life and you've, mm. and you've got like stuff you want to try, do it and do take it. Yeah. Take the risk because when you get older, like I can't, I, I, we have, uh, my son's almost 15 weeks now. Um, mm. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, I can't take as many risks as I used to mm-hmm. than I could a year ago before my wife got pregnant. So it's just like we have to. I have to now take different levels of risks. I have, my safety net has to be placed much higher mm-hmm. than much lower because, like, if I screw up, now my kid suffers. You know what I mean? My like, the, you know, we want to have more and like the opportunity to be able to, to take care of my family is significantly diminished. So I have to take more calculated risks. But if you're young, dude, swing for the fences. Like, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, one final question I just kind of wanted to ask. Um, I know you're talking about your long-term goals. Uh, where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years, yourself in House of Gains? Uh, have you, have you probably thought about it a little? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to grow more, are you happy with how, how it is now. Um, I, I am never satisfied. It is yeah. a, it is when people talk about like, Oh, you're, you're super motivated and you know what you want. And I'm like, it's a blessing and it's a curse. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely a blessing and a curse. And anybody that is like of the entrepreneurial class, um, my brain never stops running and it is frustrating because nothing's ever good enough. 
Like yeah. one store, I want two. Two stores, I want five. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like six products, I want ten. You know what I mean? Oh, I did X amount in sales, triple it. Like, <laughs> and it, it really does never end. Yeah. Um, my goal is I would like to have probably four or five retail stores, um, and then uh, the idea would be then to license it out uh, to other places and do startups. Um, I would like four or five of my products specifically into distribution channels, um, into uh, multinational companies. So I would like them in, uh, we're working on getting them in Australia and the UK right now. Um, uh, and if Canada ever isn't on fire, <laughs> get some stuff up there. Right. Um, so that's, that's where I would like to be. Um, it's definitely five retail stores. Um, I'm hoping and you and Jesse just make a gym. I've always wanted to. It's uh, the the issues with that man is it's it's location, yeah. and it's uh and it's so, um, cost, uh, it's so cost like capital intensive to open a gym, bro. If you don't have two hundred fifty grand in cash, good luck. It's not going to do well. You you'll be able to do it, and but it'll take you five ten years to get it to the point where it's marketable, because yeah. um, it takes that long to build up. The, the equipment, the clientele, like all the assets and stuff like that and the renovations. And then if you're starting small, then you're going to have to, as you grow, you're going to have to find a new building. Is the new building going to be in a location that's able to be, you know I mean, scalable? You know what I mean? So then things get really difficult. I personally have always wanted one. I own, you know what I mean, the URLs for it already. It's not like I've, <laughs> I haven't thought about this. It's I, I've kicked it around my entire lifting career. Um, mm -hmm. The gym that I used to train at, I was trying to buy um, wow. prior to them getting bought out by, uh, um, by a, a, the, the hotel across the street. Um, and I'm really glad that that didn't happen because it was not the time, place, or anything mm -hmm. like that. And uh, we've looked into different places outside of the area um, just because this area is pretty saturated. Um, but it is, it's something that I've always wanted to do, and I, have, um, <laughs> I do have the entire business plan written out. <laughs> I have all the branding. I literally have an entire portfolio that if I ever got to a point where I wanted to do it, I can hand it over to a bank and just be like, here's the plan. That's you know awesome. what I mean? Ready to go. Yep, we're ready to go. But it's it's really just boils down to whether or not I uh, decide to pull the trigger and, and what how things go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Commercial real estate's collapsing right now. So maybe that opportunity will come up. But uh, when it will, I don't know. Right now my main focus is my retail stores and my products because that's currently – I try to tell people like in, with young entrepreneurs and stuff is – um, don't diversify too much because once your focus gets taken to so many different places, uh, you end up not being able, like I'm really good at specialty supplement, sports nutrition, retail. That's what I'm really good at. So I don't want to divert into something that would take up all my capital, all my attention, because if I'm dumping all of my money into something and taking a million dollar loan, I have to pay attention to that pretty heavily, which means the thing that I've worked on for the last six years is really going to suffer. I worked six years to get it to the point where it's, you know, I mean, now it's working. And then if I take away from that, what was the point of the previous six years? So that's why I haven't done it. And people are like, oh, are you going to do it? I'm like, <laughs> it just gets to, like, if this situation uh, is managed well without me having to be there and it's still running the same numbers that it is, then yeah, we'll introduce. Or if somebody comes along and wants to partner in or something like that, that'd be a different story. Um, currently, my goal is five retail stores, products and distribution, 
Um, and I'd like 100,000 Instagram followers. That'd be cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, 100K. We'll start at 100K. Love that. Yeah. You can do it, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I think we all are appreciative of mm-hmm. you coming oh, on, yeah, Matt. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's been, been a awesome. great yeah. talk. Really good. Um, yeah. We all took away and learned a lot from this. And, yeah, go check out House of Gains uh, at their Lancaster and York locations. And, yeah, appreciate it. And thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks, guys. See you guys on the next one.